Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Brandon and with me as always is Steven, bringing the next installment of the Lessons from a Younger Me series, Lessons from Post-College. Today we will provide context as to what we did after graduating from our undergrad and some of the difficulties that presented themselves once we were thrust into the real world. Next, we'll talk about our Thanksgiving week and answer some audience questions. Lastly, we will wrap up our discussion on the years after graduation with some lessons we've learned along the way and provide any advice for people who might be nearing that stage in life. All right, so you want to kick it off? Just talk about what happened after you graduated? Sure, yeah. So first off, me and Brandon have quite a bit of different stories with our trajectory (laughs) considering Brandon ditched me junior year of college and uh, dropped out. So mine was much more traditional. I graduated at 22 in May of 2014. From there, I moved to Orlando and did the Disney College program for seven months, which took me to January. I then left that, took a few months off, tried to find a job. Then I moved to West Virginia to take a job as a news reporter. Then I did that for about three months or so. And I left that job to take a job, a corporate job, basically doing like outside sales so I could kind of take advantage of my personality type. And I also got to move back towards where I grew up for a little bit. And I took that job and two months in, I got laid off because the company did a restructuring and every person who had my position lost their job, except I actually got lucky and they did offer me the position again, but I had to move to Indianapolis And I was like, "Uh, hell no, you guys just laid everyone off. No way in hell am I going to stick around. And then I, so I didn't have a job again for a few months. And then one of my friends threw out the idea of moving to Chicago. And there was a uh, place that was hiring, a uh, tech company that was hiring, of which will not be named. But if you know me, you'll know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I went and uh, took a shot in the dark because basically when I was living in West Virginia, I wanted to move to a big city the whole time because I was like, this environment does not suit me, but I know that I'm more of a big city person. I just need the opportunity. So as soon as I got that opportunity to move to Chicago, I was like, hell yeah, and uh, took the job, moved to Chicago. I've lived in Chicago now for almost three years. I've always lived in the same apartment building, but uh, I did upgrade from a studio to a one-bedroom apartment, and let me tell you, it uh, it was worth the investment. Oh, hell yeah. Well, talk about... I know you're kind of given the rundown of it, but talk about your time in West Virginia because I know from personally talking to you that that was a rough patch, but just talk about like why you took that and just why it was so rough during that time. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys have been following any of the other parts of this series, you'll know that I, I have always had a desire to do something like on TV or something in, and it was either, I wanted to do either be on TV or be like some really cool corporate guy and have my own business. That was basically like the two th- things I thought about doing in my life. So I ended up going after the, the whole TV thing. And I took, um, I, I graduated with a major in journalism and electronic media. And after I did the, the Disney college program, my entire goal was I'm getting a job on TV. I don't care what it is. Could be the worst job of all time. But as long as I get some screen time, as long as you can see my mug on the TV, I feel like I accomplished something. Now, that ended up being a very stupid goal because if you, if you focus on just a very small portion of that goal, then you'll realize that the rest of it is actual complete dog shit. 
So <laughs> I, I, when I say I literally applied to like every job I possibly could to get a TV job, I literally, I bought a, an account to tvjobs.com. If you're listening to this right now, tvjobs.com, feel free. We'll, uh, we'll sponsor you. It helps me get a job on TV. So, uh, <laughs> feel free to write in emgpod at gmail.com. Anyways, I literally, it, I literally had my resume and I would just apply to every single opening I could possibly find. It was, they made it super easy. So I probably applied to like, I don't know, over 100 TV positions, maybe 150 or so. And eventually I got a, it's a pretty good story because it's just so ridiculous. I got a voicemail from one of them that was like, hey, uh, we're looking, <laughs> we're looking for, uh, we're looking to fill this position real quick here in uh, West Virginia. Give me a call, Steve. I was like, all right, all right, all right. So I called him, I talked to the guy, and uh, I pretty much got that job like right away. Now there was two other jobs I was hoping to get more than this one, but at the end of the day I had to take whatever TV job I could get. So there actually was, there was one in Illinois that I, okay. almost, I almost got it, but I had no actual like legitimate TV experience except for college experience, so I didn't get it. <laughs> but that's how I ended up in West Virginia. And what was your time like there? And you kind of brushed on how you wanted to be in a bigger city and stuff, but just talk about like what, what happened there. What, how did you realize that this wasn't the life for you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I had always, so I did an internship that I had mentioned in the, the previous episode of this, where I actually did shadow a news reporter. And I was the whole time I thought to myself, is this really what I want to do? Cause this is not nearly as uh, glamorous or as exciting as one might think. As cool as it is seeing like pet vaccination clinics, there's this, you hit a certain point of this is you know this isn't like what you think of as the really cool news reporter guy. So I was a little bit skeptical, but regardless, I wanted that TV job. But my experience couldn't have been any more terrible <laughs> for a lot of reasons. And um, I've talked about this before on one of my YouTube videos. News reporters, people think that you have like a, a news reporter that comes out or a cameraman that goes out with you when you're a reporter, but you don't, you don't have a, you, it's just you, you do every single part of this job. You, you show up. The only thing that you could help with is people will tell you what your stories are, which is all right. When I say, I'll tell you what your stories are. It's like, go to this crime scene. And then you figure it out from there. So you, Holy shit. Yeah. So basically I would show up every day. I would have three pieces of paper that were stapled together that would that were actually just newspaper articles. Tells you what kind of work my news director was really doing to <laughs> find these real deep <laughs> stories. Just read the paper the night before and was like, oh, I think I got something here for us. Uh, and then from there, you just had to call the people to set up your interviews. Hopefully there were some numbers that were left there, so like at least there was some work done for you. You set up the interviews. You'd hop in the news car and you'd drive around all the different parts of West Virginia doing these stories. Uh, you'd have to ask the interview questions. Like people say to me when it comes to asking questions that I write these down, no, I just made them up on the spot. You just have to be like, you have to just want to ask questions and that's it. But make a long story short, those were three of the most terrible months of my entire life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like everything about it. Cause I came after it came after like a very rough emotional period for me. And then you spend the entire time as a news reporter, basically by yourself, just driving around in a car, editing by yourself, working weekends by yourself. It sucks. Yeah. 
What, no, that <laughs> probably was uh, the combination of the two things kind of coming together of, you know, you dealing with stuff in your personal life and then being kind of isolated in the middle of nowhere and in this job. I they definitely give you a different impression in like movies and stuff of what a news reporter is like. So it's it's interesting to hear that it's it's not all like that. Absolutely. And I I would be curious to know just so we can get we can draw like a parallel in our lives. So that was let's say May of 2014 to oh wait so i graduated may of 2014 so what were you doing from like may of 2014 to may of 2015 or july of may or uh, july of 2018 if you want to or 2015 if you want to be specific yeah so i think the end uh or those last so may of 2014 i think i was still was i living in tennessee still no no i was in minnesota when you were in west virginia wasn't i well, I went to visit you in Nashville, and uh, what was that? Yeah, but I, I didn't live there. I I drove down there for Ah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you must have been in Minnesota then. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was in Minnesota then, and I was pursuing music at that time still oh, yeah. with my band, The Restless. Uh, we were doing – well, at that time it would have been – we were probably getting ready for the Fringe Festival – so the um, wait, it couldn't have been 2014. I swear that's 2015. Yeah, well, February of 2015 is when I came down for uh, the album yeah. recording. Yeah. So yeah. okay, so I think the the summer of 2014 was when I moved back to Minnesota. So I moved back to Minnesota. Uh, my bandmate Mike and I um, were doing like open mic nights across Minneapolis and and then we did this we booked a show at uh I think it's called like the Music Underground or something it's it's a place in um St. Paul and when I was at that show another band played after us and they had a guitar player that we thought was really incredible so we talked to him and we're like, hey, do you want to play guitar for us? And then we started booking uh, shows that were a little more legitimate because now we had piano, vocals, drums, and guitar as opposed to just piano, vocals, and drums, which, I mean, it was fine, but, you know, it's just not – the guitar adds so many layers, as, as I'm sure that you know. Oh, but yeah. I think everything was kind of slow for me at the time that you were in West Virginia because I um, – I had just moved back to Minnesota and was just trying to figure things out. I was really focused on trying to pursue music, but I was also in a transition period because I had lived in Tennessee for quite a few years prior to that. And now I was back in Minnesota where I grew up and trying to avoid slipping into old habits because I'm sure a lot of people know when you, you live outside of your home, you know, you kind of develop your adult habits and do your own thing. But when you go back, you start to slide back into those old routines. And so I was trying to fight that. And I, uh, I was working for Costco, which a lot of people, um, love working for them because they got great employee benefits. And I, I was bored out of my mind at that job, but I mean, it was, it, it paid the bills. So I remember you telling um, me about that job, actually. Like I remember when we were talking on the phone, you were going through that phase. 
Yeah, well, it's just, I think until you're like in a certain path that you kind of have designed as your possible career, it, everything's just so temporary. And it, at least for me, who kind of wants to be doing something meaningful, it was just kind of a, a means to an end. So it was whatever. And then, um, and then I think came, were you, where were you living when you did come down to, to Tennessee for the recording of the album? Were you back home? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, that was actually before I had even gotten my news reporting job. It's like right before. Oh, that was before. Yeah. It was like right before it. Gotcha. Back in the son Um, of the butch era. Son of the butch. Oh yeah, baby. Um, yeah, so then, well, I guess then that would have been after that. Then I, we, my band did the Fringe Festival, which was, for, for people who don't know, the Fringe Festival is essentially uh, a city puts on a bunch of different theatrical shows from different theater companies or dance companies or, in my case, my band at these different theaters across Minneapolis. And um, it's like a two-week-long event where you can buy, like, passes to it and you can go see as many shows as you want for uh just the price of that pass or you can buy specific tickets to the show so that was a really cool experience but that was also around the same time that i decided to go back to school and uh try to finish my undergraduate degree so uh, i think probably it probably lined up to where like a year or maybe a year and a half after you graduated i went back to school to to finish which is kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to think about but well let me ask then, you about that actually did you think that when you dropped out of school did you think there was ever a chance that you would go back like did you feel at that moment in time at, well at the time i kind of i specifically didn't want to have that mindset to me there was no plan b because a plan b distracted from plan a so I mean, I was a little naive with it. I was, but I think I, I kind of was naive with it on purpose. So I was just like, oh, I'm never gonna have to worry about money, and I'm never gonna have to go back to school because because this is gonna be it for me. Um, which is why <laughs> our sophomore year, I thought it was a smart idea to take bowling because I was like, it's not like I'm gonna need actual credits anyways <laughs> because I'm just gonna not have to come back to school, but uh, hey, that was a smart idea for a lot of reasons. Taking bowling. <laughs> that, that, that's really carried over. That's the number one lesson I've learned from I, college. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best class that I've ever taken in a college uh, setting is bowling for sure. Um, I, so when I went, I think it was kind of a pride thing too, when I was deciding to go back to school because I had set myself up with this mindset of I'm never going back. I kind of had to be convinced that maybe it was time to start thinking about it. And, um, at the time I had a girlfriend who things were getting pretty serious. So I had that pressure of being like, okay, do I want to be a musician, you know, two years, three years down the road, still not having really made anything of myself. And, you know, my girlfriend wants to start a family and all this stuff. So I was kind of thinking ahead. And then my parents were like, you know, you can go, go back to school online and, and still kind of do your other things. And so I was like, all right, fine, I'll go back to school. (laughs) But I definitely didn't think I was going to once I, once I made the decision to drop out. Yeah. I I was just, I would be curious to know because you know, my mind my mindset when I was in college was that, 
if if I dropped out, like I I mean it, it was just it wasn't even a thought that ever crossed my head. But I will say, grad school has definitely crossed my mind since I have graduated college. Yeah, I've thought about it before. Well, and I'll I'll just give a little background too, just so people know what happened has happened to me since I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I graduated, um, I think, in December of 2016. Uh, at the time, I had an internship with um, a company where I, I did uh, PCA work for kids with autism, um, and I was in home care, so I was working, you know, with it with the families and in the homes of the children who. Uh, you know, whether it was severe dysfunctionality or, you know, pretty functional, I was, I was there to, you know, play games, help them develop routines and just kind of keep them on track and help out the family as well. So I did that for a while. And then immediately, you know, I, I was pretty diligent to get a job right out of college because I know there's, there's a big talk. There has been big talk for the last you know, probably five years of, or so about how hard it is to get a job out of college. Um, and so I was like, I want to make sure that that doesn't happen to me. So I actually applied on my school's website. They had these different job postings and one of them was actually for a temp agency. And then I applied for the temp agency and then the temp agency got me a job at my current job. Um, and so I've been working there for almost two years now. I started in February of 2017 and, um, really what I do, uh, so I, I started at that job and I, it's a, a typical nine to five desk job. So it's nothing, nothing, uh, you know, exciting or amazing, but it was, to me, it was important because what I do now is I speak with healthcare providers, specifically in the mental health field. And that was what I, I, I want to be a mental health care professional. So it was really valuable for me to learn the insurance side of these things because that might be something I need to know when I'm actually in my career path. But I've been doing that job ever since. And uh, then I took a little while because I knew that I needed to go back to graduate school in order to actually pursue, you know, being a therapist or a counselor or, you know, any, any number of those things. And so I took a little while to really decide what I wanted to do. And then I applied for graduate school at St. Mary's University and started here in September of 2018. So really not too long after I graduated my undergrad, but still longer than some people take. I did take a little bit of time off. So for anyone who went on to my story today, I did pose a question which was ask me anything and I would I would answer it tonight. So I'm just going to answer these real quick. Got got a handful of questions here. How did you decide on Chicago? I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. It was a friend had mentioned moving to, or would I be open to moving to Chicago because he knew of a place that was hiring and I was kind of down on my luck and needed a new I needed a place to start over. So I applied to jobs in Chicago and I got one and moved pretty quickly after. Are you giddy about your new phone? Hell yeah, I am. Look at this live stream quality for anyone who's here. It's great. Uh, who would win in a, a boxing match between me and Drew? Obviously me. Uh, why you a bitch, though? That's not really a question, and I'm not, so it's a stupid question. 
if you had to pick one word on your shirt, I found this question actually pretty interesting. If you had to pick one word on your shirt for a year, what would it be? So I'll answer this first, and then I actually want to hear your answer to this, Brandon. So I think I would just have the word king <laughs> written on my shirt. So that people would be like, why do you, why does it say king on your shirt? And be like, because I'm the king. Just seems easy enough. Interesting. <laughs> what would you have? <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, it's, I, I, it's not funny. You know, well, it's kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> what would you have? I on? thought you were the comedic one of the podcast. <laughs> What would I have on? I, I got to get into the fact I retired from comedy at some point, right? Because oh, yeah. that happened after college. <laughs> um, what would my one word be? Um, yeah. Loner. So everyone leaves me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess to move on, though, what would you say in this time since you've graduated, what were some of the greatest challenges that you faced? What were the greatest challenges in the time? Okay. So do we want highlighter challenges first? Because that's, that's always a tough let's, one. Good or bad let's first. go bad first. Let's see, what were the challenges in this time? And then we can, we can brighten it up afterwards with the highlights. Sure. Well, I'll address the, probably the biggest surprise if you ask me what 26-year-old me. Uh, it, like younger me would probably be the most surprised to know that I'm 26 and single. Because I'm always a, uh, I don't know, I've always, like, growing up, I, a lot of times I had girlfriends, and I just, that was just kind of, like, one of the things. Like, I, I think I had a girlfriend every year for a six-year stretch. Not always the same girl, but I, I would date quite a bit. So to know that I'm single at 26 would probably be a surprise. I think one of the biggest challenges of this time for me has been moving around and trying to find myself in my career but then also having a desire to find love and companionship because it doesn't get talked about a lot, but one of the biggest generational differences, I think, between our generation and, let's say, our parents' generation is people used to get married younger, and there was more of a trajectory to get married maybe around the age of, like, like post-college, like, uh, or even before that because less people went to college um, in previous generations. So, and it just wasn't as realistic for people to travel all over the country to get jobs because, you know, airfare is cheaper now. It's just, it's a, we become more of a, a globalized world. And as a result, we've really pushed people to push themselves career wise. And as a result, it's pretty hard to have a good relationship and go for your career sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like if you haven't found someone yet, like for me, for example, I mean, I lived in Chicago for three years. I haven't really like dated that that much in that time because it's just difficult. And I was in a pretty serious relationship in college and even a little bit after college. And I do know that it's, it's something like I do miss a lot. Like I, I miss having that type of a relationship and it, it, it gets hard to, go after your dreams and also balance a relationship. So I think that's one of the toughest things that I've had to deal with. And I think another one of the tough things I've had to deal with is just what really matters at the end of the day, because for a long time, you're just told to go, you know, do what you want, go after your dream, follow your, the career that feels right to you. But you don't think about all of the things that come with it. So when you go after something that you really want to do, I mean, for example, my, I think TV is a good example for me because I really had this desire to be on TV, 
but I didn't think about all the things that come with it. Like I wasn't going to make very much money at all for a long time because there's just not that much money in that industry. And I was going to have to travel to, or um, move to all these different places just to move up the, the ladder. Like you in, you just don't have the luxury to do it any other way, really. And I don't know, just the, the lack of really understanding what it means to go after your dreams and to become the person that you want to be without knowing all of the obstacles that you're going to be facing. I think that that has been one of the biggest challenges for me. And I just now feel like I'm, I've, I feel like in 2018, things have really started to come together for me to like lay that path. And one of the main things I did was I stopped moving so much, like physically moving and just focused on making my current surroundings the best that they could possibly be to set myself up for the most or, or, or the best opportunity that I can right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will agree with that. Like the, the idea of really not understanding, you know, they talk about, and we've mentioned this through throughout our lessons from this and lessons from that. You know, you think of high school as supposed to be setting you up for college and then college setting you up for the real world. I think there is a huge gap in understanding for what you're walking into in a lot of these places. And and you kind of come into these world or into this world of professionalism and find out that it's not anything of what you've been learning. And and I mean, even in college, you know, you get that piece of paper, that degree that allows you to get other jobs, but how many times are the jobs that you get actually match up with what your degree is? A lot of times it's not even that that close. I mean, I'm in the mental health insurance thing, but nothing I learned in college has anything to do with what I do professionally. And the funny thing is, I didn't even, you know, like now that I have this job, I definitely did not need my degree to have it. But technically, you need to have a degree in order to get the job that I have. But I think your point of not understanding, you know, what's because I looked at that with music. I made this decision to, and obviously I wasn't in school for music, but I made this decision to pursue music professionally, but I had such little understanding of what that world was going to be like. And I think it was a really a big detriment to my ability to pursue it because I just, every surprise that kind of came my way was so shocking and so out of left field. And I think maybe if I was under the wing of a more seasoned vet veteran in the music industry or something, maybe I would have been able to handle things better. But when you're kind of doing things on your own, kind of like you were when you went into the West Virginia job, you didn't have anybody giving you guidance. You kind of just were going at it. And the same thing with me and music. I was just kind of trying to figure it out as I went. It's uh, It can be a big challenge to try to understand Am I doing the right things? Am I progressing down this path? How long is it going to take to progress down this path? Am I even, am I even wanting this path altogether? So I, I, I definitely see you there. I think a, a, a big challenge of mine was, so going back to school for me was important because I knew that in order for me to go anywhere now, I needed this piece of paper that I had avoided by dropping out of school. After I graduated, I felt like I had more more of a choice as to what I could do next. And so my biggest challenge was to be patient because I wanted so bad to just start heading down certain paths and start 
you know, making important decisions for myself, but I didn't really know what I wanted yet. So I had to kind of sit in that place and be patient with myself and be calculated about, hey, my next decision, my next choice in life is probably going to be one of the biggest that I make because it might be my career for the rest of my life. So make sure you take your time with this decision, which is why I took over a year to decide, you know, I'm going to go, you know, go back to school and and get my master's. Um, So, and if anyone knows me, I'm, I'm very patient with other people, but I am not patient with myself. So that was a huge challenge for me is, is being patient for sure. What about highlights though for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, highlights, I feel like a big one for me was I went through the worst stretch of my entire life, like right after college, basically. So after I moved back from Orlando, so technically I guess it wasn't right after college, but pretty shortly after. So we're talking like beginning of 2015. It was just a, it was a combination of a lot of things. So went through a breakup. Went through, like, one of my tougher times, like, within my family. And then I had to, I was living at home. It was a terrible, like, cold, snowy winter. And I just felt like a failure. I felt like I didn't, I didn't make the right decisions in college to set myself up for my future. Like I had thought I'd, I did. So I think a big one for me was taking an entire year of my life to build like pick myself back up and I started hitting the gym a lot and I started really focusing on doing the things that were going to set me up for success going forward and I was really a, a, a really good highlight was moving to Chicago and just starting over again and I almost got actually fired from my job when I moved to Chicago like two months in and it was really hard like I I was like you gotta be kidding me I finally I finally like, picked myself back up. I ended up in this new situation, and then now I'm going to get laid off from this job. And I fought through it, and it's been, like, that's sort of been the the number one thing I'm the most proud of, of the, my time post-college is in all the instances where I felt really, like, beat up and that there, it was kind of, like, tough to figure out what to do, I feel like... I just, I, I kind of, got, I kind of like shut some people out, out of my mind. I think for a big part of our lives, we focus on what our parents tell us or what our friends tell us or our peers. And I think I got to the point where I stopped doing that so much. And I just started focusing on the things that I enjoy doing. Cause I noticed that when I did those things, then I felt better about myself and I started honing in on my strengths and we make this joke a lot, but Maybe the most important realization was not that to give up on comedy because it's not like I ever wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but you know, I, I ended up being so focused on just doing this whole comedy thing because I, I did a random internship wanting to just put myself out there, but it was finding the things that I enjoyed f- about comedy, which was, I liked getting up in front of people. I liked the performance aspect. I liked the writing part of it. I liked that. I liked pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And it was like from those 
moments that I felt like I could do anything. So the the highlight for me has been really discovering who I am as a person by continuously pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And I don't know, I, would, I just think I would be really proud knowing where I am now. Because when I first moved to Chicago, I felt yeah. not good <laughs> about, like, I was... I just was like beaten down and I I was hungry to like get things going. But yeah, a big highlight for me was just making the realization that I could create things and I I could take control of my own destiny. And like this podcast is an example of one of those things. I don't need to be at a news station having someone tell me what to do. Like I can create my own content with my friend Brandon here. And I mean, right now we're just getting things off the ground, but I'm enjoying every uh, every step of yeah. it. How about you? Well, for me, uh, highlights, I think, I, I remember after I was accepted by this school that I'm at now, I called up my, my parents and I was on the verge of breaking down because I felt like I finally made a decision just for myself. You know, so much of my life up to that point has been, you know, shrouded with, you know, wanting to please the people that I love and care about, but doing it to an extent of kind of sacrificing what might be absolutely important to me. And it's it's an interesting thing. You know, you just posted a YouTube video about being selfish and it, I wish there was another word. Maybe there is another word. My vocabulary just isn't strong enough. But a word for for selfishness that is kind of this middle ground of understanding that sometimes when you're selfish, it actually can work out in a selfless manner. Um, because when you, you know, we just talked about this in one of my um, my psychology courses, you can't pour from an empty cup is what the quote was. So I can't give to you if I don't have anything left to give. And if I'm not doing things to take care of myself or doing things that I really want to be doing, I can't keep giving and giving and giving. And I think I think for a long time I underestimated my my humanity. I thought that I, you know, cuz I'm I'm pretty confident in myself. I'm pretty confident in the the ability to care for others and to do things that maybe some other people couldn't handle. I I think I can handle a lot of a lot more stuff, but I'm still human. And at some point I'm I can burn out still and I can get, you know, kind of restless with with the path that I'm taking on. And so I think making the decision to go back to to graduate school and say I'm going to pursue counseling was a huge highlight for me because I was committing to something that I cared about and it wasn't because anybody else was telling me hey you should do this or hey this might be better for our future it was literally just what do I want to do next it's that boom let's go so that's hold on a second my Phones are getting in my way. Um, but that was huge for me because especially coming out of a relationship where a lot of my decision making was for the sake of my partner or for the sake of our relationship, um, it was a, finally a time where I, I didn't have any of that responsibility anymore. So it was time for me to 
uh, have some accountability and make some decisions that were just for me. So, yeah. Definitely. So, uh, I mean, obviously this podcast is going to be airing forever and ever, but we are coming off of the Thanksgiving week of 2018, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up our Thanksgiving week. So how did how did yours go, Stephen? It was uh, it was pretty good. I um, got to go home, and um, home is in Ohio for anyone who doesn't know. And um, got to see Astro the dog. He's always a good guy. <laughs> My favorite dog. part of you going home was after you got your iPhone. You, you're like Astro in high quality. <laughs> you video. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah, Astro is honestly great. I uh, I love that guy. He's like me, but a dog. That's what I've decided. He reminds me of me. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of energy, that guy. Um, yeah, honestly, it was it was pretty fun. I got to see a lot of people I went to high school with, which was uh, when I saw my actual friends, it was good. Other people I went to high school with, I was like, okay, you know, I don't really miss you a whole lot, but. Sweet. <laughs> Glad you're doing well. A couple people I saw, I was like, whoa, you look completely different now. And I, but, yeah, I don't I don't have any, like, crazy stories, really, that I could think of. No, I don't. Do you? My family is typically pretty tame. Typically pretty tame for Thanksgiving. Uh, we really only celebrate with our immediate family, so it's just, like, me, my sisters, my mom, my dad, and then my uncle typically tags along, too. Um, and this year is a little different because I'm, I'm living a couple hours away from my family. So it's, you know, they haven't seen me in a couple months and, you know, it, it takes about two hours to, to get home. So it was nice to be re- reunited with everybody and having a nice little conversation where some family members might say some questionable things, <laughs> but, but my family is also <laughs> a bunch of trolls. So it's. You know, sometimes, so I have three sisters and a mother, so my dad will make, you know, the the stereotypical women jokes about how they belong in the kitchen, (laughs) just to to get under their skin. It was always a big hit, I bet. uh, He doesn't mean any of it, but, uh, so there's a little bit of that, and we, I mean, we don't even talk about politics that much. I did bring up, uh, because we talked about, in one of my psychology classes, the idea of uh, politically induced anxiety in a lot of people ever since the Trump presidency because like people that live in oh, yeah. uh, minority homes they they're worried that their parents are going to be taken away from them and uh, and things got a little uncomfortable for a couple people at the at the table so we we changed the subject pretty quick but uh, other than that it was pretty chill pretty laid back for me so nothing too too special. Yeah, I wish I had like something crazy. I mean, my family, the the or the, the side of the family I spend time with during Thanksgiving, it tends to get like kind of political sometimes, but yeah, there was nothing went off the hinges too much. Nothing <laughs> worth reporting on this time, which is probably for the best, honestly. <laughs> um, well, what about uh Mario Party? I saw you playing Mario Party. You going to report on that? Yeah. I will say I will say this. Honestly, the uh, Super Mario Party is it's amazing. It's like actually really good. I might I'm thinking about buying a Nintendo Switch. Leave us a comment if you've got any thoughts on that. I would be uh 
curious to know if you enjoy it, if it's worth the investment, or if you think I could probably spend my three hundred dollars on something better. It is. Uh, it is. Wait, Cyber Monday. So there you go. <laughs> maybe I should just. Maybe by the time you guys listen to this episode tomorrow, I'll actually have a switch. <laughs> Who knows? Pull the trigger, man. Pull the trigger. <laughs> pull, pull the trigger. I mean, I'm. I'm a big Mario fan. He was my first uh, Italian role model. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, all right. Well, let's get back <laughs> into the life after college conversation. So, you know, this this episode's obviously called Lessons, you know, after after college. But what uh, what are some of the things you think you learned from your time after graduation? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I would say. Kind of as I alluded to before, when it comes to relationships, so if you're if you're with someone and you really want to be with them, definitely focus on the best way to to make that relationship happen. Like, I understand we've got this idea in our head of, of your career matters, and obviously your career does matter a lot, but if the person really wants to be with you and you really want to be with them, there needs to be a way for you both to to work it out and... So that, that would be one thing for me because I know it's been really hard for me to move around a bunch. Because if you're moving around a bunch, you've got to be realistic on the fact that relationships are going to be pretty tough. And if a relationship ends as a result of it, like that could be okay too because maybe it's not the right person. But just realizing that when you, when you hit this age, that you know, it's okay to be selfish. I think is what it, kind of what it comes down to is you've got to do what makes you happy because the people who are going to matter in your life, those are going to be the ones that are going to fit into the puzzle no matter what you're doing, within reason. I always say within reason because I don't know yeah. what you do. <laughs> like, But it's okay to, in your, your 20s, your early to mid-20s, it's okay to travel the world. It's okay to not always call your family, not always call your best friends. It's okay to do things that maybe your friends or family thinks is crazy. That's fine, because this is the time to do it. And that's something that I'm glad that I have been taking advantage of, and I haven't always done it in the right way. I do think that along the way I've gone through some some tough patches that could have been avoided had I just put my mind in the right place. So learning about yourself is really, really important, and being self-aware and realistic with yourself. Because I think a lot of times we end up saying things, but then not realize. Like, for example, uh, I really wanted to do acting. And it's not to say that I won't do any acting in my life. Like, I, I expect I probably will. And I still do it on YouTube videos sometimes. But the idea of me moving out to California and being a, a, like a struggling actor working, I don't know, at a restaurant or something, just trying to land acting roles... Like, I'm a huge control freak. I can't depend on someone else thinking I'm some stud uh, actor or thinking I'm some trash actor and then making that my only chance at my success. Like, I'm, I'm a control freak. I need to actually do things that I have some control over, which is why I'm doing the things I'm doing now on, the, on this podcast and doing these live videos and, and doing my YouTube channel because I like having some control over things. So my advice is... Be selfish, get to know yourself, and make sacrifices at times when you need to for relationships with people that actually matter. 
Are you jumping ahead to the next topic? You I would never bitch. do such a thing. Yes, you did jump ahead. No. This one was, what are the lessons you learned? The next one is, what is your advice? Yeah, you just but, jumped ahead to advice. Yeah, but here's the God thing. God damn it, day, At the end of the day, they're going to they're gonna combine together. So you know what? You can, you can do them together. <laughs> you can put yeah, them together, I, you know. I might as well do them now. You might as Un-fucking well. believable. Dude. I'm in, I'm in, wait, am I, am I the host? I'm the host. host. Oh man, I don't, I'm the host. All right. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> Do I need to put lines in between these topics so that you know to separate them? All right. This is all, this is all in jest. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> all right. So the things that I learned from uh, time after graduation, um, and we've kind of talked about this throughout previous episodes. When you're young, it's such a vital time to really get to know who you are. And I think that's a huge lesson that I think speaks true to me for my time after college. I, I think a lot of time, I think I had moments kind of going throughout my early 20s in which I was really paying attention to who I was but then I think a lot of it was kind of uh, spliced up with me trying to take care of people I cared about or love the people I love more than I love myself and 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 so I, I got kind of caught up and I, I think you can balance it you can do both at the same time but I think I got so caught up in putting other people ahead of myself that at points I kind of neglected who I was and what what was important to me. And so I think this time, as you said, it's a better time than ever to really pay attention to who you are and and figure yourself out. This is why I struggle with the idea that after high school, you immediately have to go to college. And then after college, you immediately have to go to graduate school. You know, there's so much there's so much more to our early 20s and our young adulthood that can be spent in really sitting with ourselves and really trying to understand who we are so that as we get older, you know, we have already made a lot of the mistakes that we were going to make. You know, I, I did make a lot of mistakes within both college years and post-college years. And I think I'm grateful that they happened at that time because hopefully I've learned from them. Hopefully I will continue learning from them and be a better person as I grow older. And I think that the important thing is to be paying attention to yourself and to be learning from yourself and and really learning how to take care of yourself almost. How how to nurture yourself in, in a way that will set you up for success going forward. I guess the advice that I'd give um, to to post or to, to pre-graduated selves in this, I mean, kind of backpacks on my last thing is 100% be patient because uh, just like after high school, you have this idea of you have to go to college right after high school. I think there are, are some things of, oh, you have to be kind of on your career path or you have to be back in graduate school. I think timelines don't really work for everybody. You know, it, it, it's not this specific formula that that fits. It's a one-size-fit-all for all people. You know, I, I think that different people's lives are going to unfold at different times. And I think being patient with yourself, if things aren't working out exactly the way that you might like them to, well, 
find out why might it might that be maybe you need to reevaluate things you know one thing i've always respected about you steven is your ability to to reevaluate you know your situation after uh college you know you had this west virginia job which was what you thought was exactly what you wanted to do right after school and you know maybe that could have completely deflated you for the rest of your young adult years but instead you were able to reevaluate things and and try to figure out where to go next i think that that actually speaks to a level of patience you know maybe you might not have felt patient within yourself in that situation necessarily but i think that there is a certain level of patience you have to have to understand you don't have to have it all figured out yet. Just because you graduated college doesn't mean you're actually ready for the real world. Get ready for those bumps and bruises. Get ready for the the adversity that's going to come your way, the unexpected. You know, we both talked also about not knowing what we were getting into with certain paths that we were following. And if you go into this thinking that you should have it all figured out, you're only going to beat yourself up even more because it's like, well, shit, what the hell was I, what the hell was I doing? I, I'm a failure. Like I, I'm not living up to, no, it's just like, that's what this time in our life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be figuring things out and constantly growing and constantly learning. And, and hopefully you're not remaining in a place that's a comfort zone because within the comfort zone, you don't instill that ability to grow. Um, so I guess another piece of advice would be to get out of your comfort zone again. You know, do something that that might push you in a way that uh, will kind of, I guess, be a catalyst to the rest of your adulthood as well. You know, maybe take that job that you're really afraid of. One of the things I had a friend who um, who graduated with a certain degree. And then they got offered a job with that degree. They hadn't had a job with that degree before. They got offered a job with that degree, but they didn't take it because it was a temp job. And they didn't know if they were going to get the opportunity afterwards. And they were too afraid to take that opportunity. And I'm just like, this is what you want to be doing. At least that's what you think you want to be doing. Take that risk right now. You have time to recover in your young adult years. Plus, you have people that love you and care about you and could support you if things don't go exactly the right way. And and so that's where it's, it's like take those risks. This is the time when you can take the big risks in hopes that there's a high payoff at the end. But if there's not, you can still recover. Yeah, well, so that's I guess that's one other point that I do want to make in terms of the advice, which I think the wrong advice that people have sometimes is that job hopping is a bad thing or that like if you get a good job that you should just stay there immediately and just lock onto it because I think that that is foolish advice. And here's why for me personally, I went on a pretty standard path where I graduated college at 22. So four years I was done Went right from high school. There was no, there was no BS in there. Then I did a seven month internship. Then I had that new supporting job I had another job, then I moved to Chicago, and I've had three jobs in Chicago. I have, as some people would, some people might say that I have job hopped a little bit. But to be honest with you, I don't look at this as a negative at all, because I think it's, it's actually been super valuable to be 26 years old 
and know exactly the types of things that I'm looking for because I've seen a little bit of so many different things because that yeah. was important to me. Like, as, as you said, imagine if I would have just graduated college and then went right into my TV news reporting job and then just stuck that out. Like, sure, I might be a lot further along as a TV news reporter, but I would have always wondered what it would have been like to do something else. I don't have to ask those questions now. I know what it was like to be a news reporter. I know what it's like to have a job in my hometown. I know what it's like to have a job uh, in Chicago that's very corporate, a big company, a small company. Like I, I already like I know a lot of these things, and I know that that's the reason why I'm in such a better place now mentally. Because when I was in West Virginia, I kept thinking to myself, I want to be in an environment that's fast-paced. I want to be around a lot of like uh, of energy. And then I moved to Chicago. And then in Chicago. I thought I wanted to be at a huge company. I went to a huge company and I was like, this is not for me. It's, I can't get things done. Like I want to, I feel like I'm, I'm too segmented in my small little box. I don't get to see anything else. So I went to a small company and just, I learned things and then I adapt. And that's the reason why I do this podcast because the job that I was at before this, it didn't give me as much of my creative outlet. So now I'm using the opportunity that I'm making more money. So I feel more comfortable with my life. I don't feel so stressed and then I can be more creative and produce content. And it's just, it's through my mistakes and through trying different things that I was able to figure out, this is what I want with my life. So I do think my advice is when you are in your early twenties, mid twenties, even late twenties, early thirties, ultimately there's plenty of time to try a bunch of different things and try everything that you can, because through that you'll see what you like and don't like about it. And then you can make your next pivot. And I just think it's just a way better way to do things. Yeah. Well, and into also, because I've been thinking about this lately, about getting, feeling restless within one specific job. You know, a lot of people might even look at that and be like, well, you're taking for granted the opportunity that you have. And there is some truth to that. I think it's about finding a balance. You know, is the job that I have possibly going to be leading towards an opportunity that I want or am I just conforming to you know what exactly what I think that everyone you know would be appreciative of you know because I think you still want to be looking towards the best thing right you want to be looking towards what's going to make you happiest you know right now my job I don't feel very stimulated by it. I don't feel very motivated by it. However, my job gives me the opportunity to pay for school and gives me the opportunity to learn valuable things about the insurance side of the healthcare industry. And so even though I'm not, you know, feeling very pushed by my job specifically, I don't want to take it for granted because it gives me the opportunity to set me up in other areas but if you have situations like you had where you were in a situation where there was so much unknown and you didn't know exactly what you were going to be doing, job hopping, if you even want to call it that because that has such a negative connotation, it's just like exploring different opportunities, you know, is is extremely valuable because, you know, if you hadn't taken that job in West Virginia Maybe you had wouldn't have learned that you needed a place that was more lively than West Virginia. You know, even just that setting itself might have led to Chicago where you felt like you've grown a lot. 
you know, and, and you're going to continue doing that. I think um, it's finding that balance between staying hungry, but also staying grateful and understanding the value that things can have for you in, in the time being. So it's definitely a balancing act. Definitely. Um, anything else in this or you want to go to final thoughts? Final thoughts is good to me. What are your final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts is in full transparency, I think graduating college is really scary for people who didn't, I mean, I think a lot of people, we, we don't really have it planned out as well as we probably should because we're just like kids. A lot of times, I mean, 22 years old, like you're, you're young and it, it, I didn't know some of the things that I would want. And I think you have to cut yourself a little bit of a break sometimes to realize that that's okay. And that it's okay to fail. It's okay to, to get fired from that job. It's okay to take a job that you've always wanted to try, but maybe you're afraid to do. And be thankful for every opportunity that gets thrown your way. Never take anything for granted. And the people who, when it comes to going after your dreams, the people who are going to support you are going to be okay with you doing things that might distance yourself from them a little bit. Like your real friends are always going to be there for you. Your family is always going to be there for you if they really care about you. And I think that's something that I've certainly learned and it's helped push me forward. It's definitely been the the toughest time of my life has been post-college, but it's also been the most rewarding time of my life because I've gotten to do cool things like put on a show at second city, like get up on a stage, even though I never would before. Hell, even the idea of me singing karaoke <laughs> was something I would probably would have been nervous to do. And it's just, just to see the, the changes in me since I've graduated college and you get to be your, your own person. Like you could do whatever you want at that point. Like that should be exciting. And I, I hate when people come back from college and they tell people, Oh man, the real world sucks. No, the real world doesn't suck. The real world is an incredible place. It's got a lot of highs and lows. You just got to be ready for it and roll with the punches. Yeah. So my, my final thoughts, just backpacking off of that, is be adaptable. Just understand that a lot of these things that maybe you thought you were preparing for are going to hit you in, in ways that you weren't expecting. And that, that's where the patience comes, comes into play, and that's where being adaptable comes into play. Understanding that maybe you might have to take some paths that you weren't exactly expecting, but uh, it's the surprises that are the beautiful part of life. So, yeah. So any of you guys who watched the live stream, we wanted to say thank you. It's nice to see some new people in here. And we plan on doing some more of these live streams going forward where we actually do a live episode. You can also f- just join our normal kind of shoot the shit. I don't really know. We, we haven't really named it the the live streams that we do. But basically it's like a Q&A slash just hangout group. You can find us at EMGpod. That's our Instagram handle. So feel free to join us at any time. EMG Pod is also our Twitter. You can also find us on everythingmustgopodcast.com or leave us a voicemail at 513-427-EMG5. If you're going to leave us a voicemail, though, make sure it's you know good or funny because, uh, I don't know, like don't, don't leave us this nonsense here. <laughs> make sure it's good or funny. <laughs> make sure it's, just make sure it's good. Um, aside from that, 
Our next episode will be another trending episode. I know we haven't done one of those in a while, so looking forward to getting back into that. Thank you for listening to this episode, and it's good to be back. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.